What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush, Friday interview edition. I got back on the horse, everyone, after the sickness and was able to reschedule with uh, Pam Peacock from here in the office. Uh, Pam is our in-house graphic designer. Uh, she is an artist, obviously, and she uh, she does all the album art, um, almost all the album art for all of our shows uh, on the network were designed and drawn and done by Pam. So if you're a fan of the... Uh, the iHeart Network and our podcast, and you have found some of our shows through those splash pages with the cool album art, that's because of Pam. She's super talented, and uh, one reason I asked Pam, guys, is because I just didn't know Pam that well, and it's a good chance to get to know someone, to sit across from them and to turn the phones off and just have a good conversation. It's, it's I've said it before. It's one of the reasons I do this show, and uh, I knew Pam was cool and fun and had a good uh um, creative aesthetic. And uh, so I thought, hey, let's get her in here and get to know Pam a little bit better. And that's what we did. And she picked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which does not surprise me. Um, very quirky, kind of cool, creative movie, uh, just like Pam is. And it turns out that uh, she's wonderful. We had a really great talk. And it was uh, a great pleasure getting to know Pam and her background. And uh, I got a new pal in the office, everyone who's uh, been working with me for a year and a half. Ramsey's nodding because he already knows Pam and how cool she is. But uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, here we go with Pam Peacock on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Have you ever done this before? No. Are you excited? 
I'm excited. <laughs> I've been excited, yeah. You've been excited. I'm a little excited. nervous. Is that a dig? I'm excited. Because I uh, delayed this? Maybe a little bit. Like a thousand times? <laughs> um, you know, we only delayed it a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, everyone knew I was sick last week <clears throat> and had to uh, jigger things around. And mm-hmm. thank you for your patience. Yeah, no problem. And your kindness. And Have then I been I, kind? <laughs> I think so. Okay. It was very cute. You sent me a, a picture of the post-it note with all the various crossed out uh, false starts and said, I'm running. We can't delay it anymore because I'm running out of room on the post-it note. <laughs> I think I could have found another post-it, but I think it's better that we're just getting it done. That was a very nice way to say it. the longer I wait to do things, the more nervous I get. So, <laughs> Oh, well, we should I'm do I'm very much like, let's just do the thing and I feel prepared and, you know, well, what's, uh, let's kind of get through it. But, yeah. I'd like to know more about your background, Pam, because this is a good chance for me to get to know you. I know. We've never had a real conversation before, which I think is kind of funny. Um, it's weird that way, this office sometimes. Yeah. Like there are people here I don't even know who they are. Me too. Right? Well, we have a lot of new people now too though. So it's kind of different these days. But um, yeah, it's just funny. Like I've been here, what, maybe just over a year and a half, I guess. Okay. (laughs) And I mean, I know you, I've seen you, we say hi Uh to each other. Yeah. But I was telling a friend the other day, I was coming on Movie Crush. Uh And that's exactly what I said was Chuck and I have never had a real conversation before and I've never done a podcast before and it's right. going to be this whole experience of like – Well, that's partially why I asked Sitting you, across from this man who is – Get to know your colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call it's me good. a man. I'm not a man. I'm no man. <laughs> See, Ramsey's even laughing. <laughs> Just a grown-up boy. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Uh, so where are you from? I was born in the Philippines. Okay. Um. Very long story short. Uh, yeah, lived in California as a kid, moved to Virginia. I think I knew the California thing for some yeah. reason. So I've actually spent about two-thirds of my life in California, but in two different chunks. Okay. So childhood and then teenage years mostly were in Virginia, and then I moved back to California in my early— What part? Uh, Costa Mesa. I grew up in San Bernardino, which is like Inland Empire. Yeah, I know. San Bernardino. But yeah, Costa Mesa is like mid— Mid uh, Central Orange County. Okay. So, you know, like the real Laguna Beach. Right. I mean, it's not right by it, but it's. Right. I'm just trying to give you some kind of point of reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Virginia? Why were you moving around to those disparate places? Uh, both of my parents were in the military at different times. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, that's why I was uh, born in the Philippines. My dad was stationed out there in the Air Force. Wow. So we moved back to the States uh-huh. when I was a baby. And then when I was around, I guess, nine, nine or 10, my mom uh-huh. joined the Navy. Really? Which brought us to Virginia. Yeah, there's quite an age gap between my parents. So uh-huh. that kind of explains. Interesting. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. But uh, I moved to Atlanta the end of 2015. So I've been here for a few years now. And what brought you to Atlanta? Uh, I needed a lower cost of living, I think. I love California, and I'm homesick for California all the time. Yeah, me too. I'm going but, tomorrow. Yeah? Wh- yeah? Which part? Uh, going to L.A. Cool. And then Lake Arrowhead. I go every year for the Max Oh, Fun I Con love thing. Arrowhead. Yeah. That should be fun. It's great. This is like my eighth one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It sounds fun. Um, yeah. Atlanta also has like a really great art scene. Uh-huh. So the art community here is growing and thriving, yeah. and that's something that I wanted to kind of be a part of. Uh, so, you know, I'm a graphic designer as a job. Yeah. What's your background in <clears throat> art? Where did that all start? Um, I feel like I've always been creative. Uh-huh. And 
when I was in high school, they had somebody come from, uh, I don't really want to necessarily endorse the Art Institute okay. as an organization because there's a lot of problems uh-huh. with it. But um, someone came to visit a class I was taking, like a desktop publishing class. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I could do this stuff for a job. Like, this seems really cool. Yeah, that's so important so, to know. Yeah, I feel like I got really lucky because for me, it was kind of a matter of I can do something creative uh-huh. and not be the quote-unquote starving artist and sort of have that covered, have a stable income Uh so that – which is what I do now with my free time. I spend a lot of time making my own art and – Like what? uh, I do a lot of paintings. Um, I could show you later, but I make a lot of space art. Okay. It's kind of like – Like outer space? Yeah. If you think of like outer space as sort of a representation of inner space. Oh, wow. In a way. Here we go. You know? (laughs) Okay. It's kind of that like introspective Uh stuff, uh, these ideas of sort of exploring outwardly, Uh representing, exploring inwardly and the crossover and uh, I do a lot of illustration, um, sometimes murals. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm also part of a collective called Lotus Eaters Club. Okay, I don't know that. So we, yeah, uh, we actually, that's how I spent my weekend was with them. Uh, we started a couple murals for the city of Hapeville. Uh-huh. So it's been really oh, fun. Cool. Uh, this week, a few of us took the week off to finish, you know, basically um, flush that job out. And so I'm sitting at work in the office just getting all these updates and just seeing the progress yeah. as I'm not there, which is really fun for me since I can't right. be with them today. So but... that's uh, near the airport? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Get like a commission from the, the town? Yeah, they had an open call for submissions, for uh, mural submissions. Uh-huh. And so you we, submitted design? We submitted designs and we ended up getting approved for two of them. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we've done a few a few other murals around town. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the bridge over North Avenue over on the Beltline. Yes. But there, there's a mural. There are two murals, one on each side of that pedestrian bridge. Uh-huh. I and totally we also, know what you're talking about. Yeah, we also have developed um, an augmented reality app. Uh-huh. So when you look at those images through the app, uh-huh. they animate. Oh, and there's wow. like music that plays. Really? Yeah, it's really it's really Man. cool. Boy, Atlanta's got a lot of great murals. Yeah. Um, it's kind of something like I grew up here, so it was I've gotten to see Atlanta really grow and thrive over the years mm-hmm. uh, in the artistic and creative community. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely cool. blowing up right now. It yeah. feels like a really special time to be a part of it. So for sure. I'm I'm really excited. It was a good move for me. So you knew no one here? Did you move here well, on your my, own? Or? One of my best friends, um, basically, we met in college in D.C. Mm-hmm. and What school? The Art Institute of Washington, okay. which I believe is closing soon now. Oh, really? Yeah. What's their deal? Uh, they're a very for-profit school, okay. and there's just a lot of problematic issues that uh, are kind of connected to that. Not to you know to not right. get too into it, but um, yeah, yeah. I know several of their schools have been closing, including I want to say the one in Decatur. There uh-huh. was one in Decatur, and I think there's another one in Atlanta that might still be open. Wow. But yeah. Um, but you got it's a it's you get a degree in stuff though, right? Yeah. It just costs you. A lot. Really? <laughs> it cost you a lot. <laughs> Did you learn a lot? Yeah. Or... I, f- I feel like I learned enough. Okay. Uh, but for me, I feel a lot of people have the issue where 
it feels like you're paying just a shitload of money uh-huh. to learn the software. Right. Mostly to learn the software. And so they're not teaching the creative stuff as much? They are. I just think um, – I'm not sure. It's it's you don't have to get into it. Yeah, it's hard it's hard without opening the whole can. But you know But you met you had a friend there. I had a friend there, uh, one of my best friends. We've stayed really good friends Uh for years and um I ended up moving to California Mm -hmm. and he moved to Atlanta. So when it was time for me to sort of figure out what is the next right. step in my life, um Atlanta seemed like a really good option and it worked out for me because it was kinda like Walking into a situation where his friends are probably going to be my friends because we know right. that we're already very like-minded. We're into the yeah. same kind of thing. So it was a really easy so transition. Yeah. That's cool. And they are easy. your friends now? They are my friends now. Oh. And, you know, some of us are in this collective together. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really fun. That's really brave. I never uh, – I mean, I guess I moved to L.A. and I had a group of friends there. But I was older. I don't know. I mm. admire – your generation. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I think you guys are like braver than we were. Possibly. It might be partly that and just partly the realization that if we just don't make things happen for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, things just are different in certain ways. Like yeah. our parents' generation is kind of like, you know, you go to college, you get a good job like right. th- and things fall into place. You kind right. of – you pay your dues and things work out. Right. And it just doesn't seem to be that way as much anymore. Yeah. You for many different reasons. Make your own way. Yeah. I think so. So were you always doing art as a kid, like growing up? I, I suspect you always had had the, the talent. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say so. Yeah. Um, it's something that I definitely dove into much more – in my 20s. Uh-huh. Uh, and now it's like, you know, especially me kind of figuring out personally how therapeutic art is for me and, yeah. and how much it helps me kind of stay balanced. Like it's uh, my mental health really, yeah. you know, it helps with all of that kind of stuff. Just yeah. this consistency and the expression and sort of the meditative qualities that it can have. Now, what about doing album art? Is That's what we call it, by the way, everybody, uh, for podcasts. It's called album art. It's called album art, but most what of us here it? mistakenly refer to it as logo art. Yeah, logo art. Which, I mean, it kind of is, but if you're going to be, like, design snobby about it, right. logo's not the right word. Right. <laughs> not that it matters. I'm just going to say that. But. Now, how did, how did you come to us? Um, I... When I moved to Atlanta, I started working for a small uh, marketing agency in Mm -hmm. Decatur, which I loved. Mm -hmm. It was one of the best jobs I've ever had. What's their name? Uh, Heavy Duty Branding. Hmm. Don't think I know them. Sounds familiar, though. But that company just kind of ended up going in a different direction. Um, The owner ended up sort of taking steps to – really to pursue his own dreams of blacksmithing full-time and doing all this other cool stuff. You Uh know, he was running this business for like 20-something years. But he wanted to be a smithy? (laughs) I think so, you know. And certain things happened that sort of pushed him in that direction. Uh So uh, I found myself looking for work. And as I have in the past, I turned to a creative placement agency, did a couple shorter freelance stints at other companies. Now, is that like a temp thing for creative types? Yeah, temp or just... Placement, permanent. it depends. You know, it's it's all of the above, really. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot of different options as far as that. But I attempted a couple places and then 
got an interview for How Stuff Works, uh-huh. which I was really stoked about. So did you know about the company and stuff? I did. Not a whole lot, but uh-huh. um, I knew enough that I was like, okay, this is something. Because for me, I, I, I would like to work on things that I feel kind of contribute right. something to the greater good yeah, in yeah. some way or, you know, sharing knowledge and mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff versus jobs I've had in the past, like designing marketing for selling clothes to teenagers, right. which, you know, yeah. especially for me personally, like I just don't, right. I just don't care about that. It was not fulfilling. I still love doing the design work. Uh-huh. You know, I, I love being a designer, but it makes a huge difference when the product you're designing for uh-huh. is something that you feel, I don't know, matters on a higher level yeah. somehow. Now, is that the case um, here? I would say... Do you like it? <laughs> I, I do like it, you know? I like it a lot, but I was really stoked about it. I actually started freelancing here. Right. I think I knew that. Yeah. I did that for a couple months before uh, they brought me on full time, mm-hmm. and it's been really good. It's a nice variety of work. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, every show is kind of unique, so... You do it all, too. Have you done every show? Not every show, but most of them. Yeah, that's I've definitely amazing. done most of them. That's um, got to be kind of cool, because, like, we've got a pretty sizable network now. Yeah. And if you... We don't even have one, but if we had a big splash page with all of our shit on there... Sure. That's like Pam Peacock all over the place. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really neat. And to know that so many people are, you know... Whether they're ever going to think about that or not. Well, it's important, you know. It's like the wine bottle. It's it's the window in, and that's so important, especially with discovery uh, being a problem. Like people surf around on iTunes, yeah. And that that album art is like key, you know. Yeah, it's the first, very the first, first thing. impression. Yeah, yeah. It's been really fun. Uh, I enjoy it. Well, what about movies growing up? Was that um, as a military kid? Do you have siblings and stuff? Or I have a very complicated family situation. <laughs> All right, um, you can be get into that if you want. Or... Yeah, very quickly. I mean, it's not too crazy, uh-huh. but if basically uh, my dad's like, are you about to draw it? <laughs> I was about to draw you a Venn diagram, uh, I love it. and then I realized no one else can see it, but That's I might, okay. I might do it anyway. Pam just flipped over the paper so, with great purpose. Everyone, yeah. grabbed a pen. So pretty much, uh, my dad is. I I think it's 18 years older than my mom. Okay. So my dad had two sons already when they met who were teenagers. How old is your dad? Uh, he's 75. Oh, wow. And I will be 35 this year. So he was 40 when I was You're born. You're 35? Yeah. I thought you were 25. That's what people think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing in my life. But, uh, you know, so they had a big age gap. My dad already had kids. My parents got married and had me. My parents ended up getting divorced, and my mom mm-hmm. had two more daughters with her new husband. Okay. So my my brothers are something like 14 and 15 years older than oh, I am. Oh, interesting. My half-brothers uh-huh. and my half-sisters are 12 and 18 years younger wow. than I am. So You were just a little island there in the yeah, middle, Yeah, huh? exactly. I'm the middle of the Venn diagram, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is I always tell people like – I am simultaneously, truly, uh-huh. an only child, right. an oldest child, <laughs> yeah. a youngest child, and a middle child. Wow, that's so funny. Which I think probably— You kind of feel like all those things, huh? Yeah, I think it explains a lot about my personality, really? actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about movies and stuff growing up? Uh, E.T. Oh, yeah. If I'm going to think of, like, yeah. one of the first mov- movie memories, uh, E.T., I remember seeing— 
Ninja Turtles, the first Ninja Turtles movie uh-huh. in the theater, yeah. which I was really, really excited about. Yeah, yeah. I was very much, um, I guess what people would refer to more as like kind of a tomboy uh-huh. of a kid, you know. I wanted the Ninja Turtle dolls and not the Barbie dolls. Right. But uh, That means you were doing it right. <laughs> I remember there was a time my mom wanted to take me to see Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what year that came out, but I must have been like... I think it was, I want to say 84. Yeah. I was born in 84. Well, there may have been like a re-release It might have been... I, it, it also might have been not the first Ghostbusters. Right. But it's this vague memory of her wanting to take me to see Ghostbusters and me not understanding at all. Uh-huh what Ghostbusters was <laughs> yeah. and just thinking that it was going to be really scary. Right. And I asked her something like, okay, but if I get scared, can I like put my face under the blanket? And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, either you want to go see this or you don't. Oh, no. So, I mean, I eventually saw the movie, but yeah. I didn't see it in the theater for that reason, I think. She it's was, so funny she was like, I'm not going to pay money. Just locks in yeah. from like being a little kid, you know? It's a strange memory. And you but, got the uh, X-Files shirt on. Yeah. So that was a big deal, I guess. I'm a big fan of the X-Files. Yeah. I still haven't seen um, the latest. Movie? It was like the latest. Oh, no, I didn't see that either. Um, Yeah, the series. Yeah, the latest uh, season. I didn't either. I saw the first like new chunk of season, which Uh was like 2016 now, I guess. But yeah, the latest I haven't, which, you know, people assume that I'm like, the hardcore X-Files fan, uh-huh. which as I am with most things that I love, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily an expert on things, but right. there are the aspects that I love and kind of cling cling to. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah so I haven't. I, I was a late bloomer on that show uh, in that it had already come and gone, and I never watched it. And then they started showing it in syndication mm-hmm. um, every night of the week. And yeah. that's when I was living in New Jersey, and that's when I started watching it. And I just went all through it. Oh, I love it. And and loved it. And But for some reason have not watched like any of the new stuff. Yeah. I I don't know what my hesitation is. I did like the uh, newer season that I saw. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was perfect. Right. But I'm also the kind of X-Files fan where, you know, there's like the overarching story that runs through the whole season. Right. I'm less into that and more into the sort of Monster of the Week type that was, episodes. That was my deal. Yeah, and like the anthology nature. Give me a shapeshifter. Exactly. <laughs> just the fun stuff, uh-huh. you know, which I, I appreciated the story, but I just – I couldn't get as into it. Yeah, I was the exact same yeah. way. I yeah. like to dive in and kind of pick and choose right. the particular episodes and yeah. do it that way. So generally like into sci-fi type of stuff or kind of all over the place? Kind of all over the place, but I gravitate towards sci-fi. Yeah. Typically. It's just usually it's the kind of stories that I'm into. Um, what other movies did you consider for this? What other movies did I consider? Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, God. Which Great. I love. Yeah. I love that movie. I saw that, I think, three times in the theater, which really? I don't do anymore. Yeah. Um, it was just so great and on the big screen. Oh, God. It was fantastic. Yeah. And all of the effects and... Uh, yeah. Just unbelievable. Yeah. A big thing about that, of course, is like most of the stunts and all of that. Like, yeah. He used the least amount of CG for that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So they're actually like crashing the things and yeah, they're doing so all cool. these crazy stunts and... The guy with the guitar. Yeah. Uh, all of that was real. Yeah. You know, like the flames shooting out of the... Uh-huh. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's a madman. Totally. And Charlie's Theron is a be- the ultimate badass. Oh, she... Yeah, that character quickly became one of my top favorite yeah. 
badass female. Yeah. Yeah. I she's love awesome. It so much. Um, she's one of my favorite actors because she can do stuff like that. And then movies like, I don't know if you saw Tully. I didn't see Tully, but I remember seeing the trailer for Tully. Oh, it's so good. So I, yeah. But I just know. any movie, though, where she's just uh, more grounded and, and acting in like a regular role. She's just so talented. Did you see uh, Arrested Development? Yes. When she, <laughs> when she was in that. That's all I'm going to say. But I thought she was oh, just hilarious man. in that. Yeah, she's, she's like funny. sitting there playing the banjo. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah she's, she's really funny. She's wonderful. Um, I did not see Atomic Blonde yet either, which I really want to see. I really liked Atomic Blonde, but I think I was hoping for <clears> – I'm not sure. Wasn't I'm, it the same team that did John Wick? I think it was, which is what got me really pumped to see it. Uh-huh. You know, especially as a woman, it's like yeah. you just don't see as many badass female leads right. and things. And so to take a John Wick type character mm-hmm. and put it, you know, put a female spin on it, I thought was great. Um, yeah. And now I'm trying to think. I remember seeing the movie and loving it, but having these feelings like, oh, I wish it had uh, really? this or that. But at this point when we're speaking about it, I can't remember what the this or that was. Yeah. So I'm I just need gonna... to check it out. I just now have watched the John Wick movies Yeah, as of like two weeks ago. Did you see the third one yet? Not yet. I haven't either. No. I I'm... love the first one though. Uh, I, lo- I like the first two. I thought that yeah. they were great and Keanu's just I need awesome. to watch the second one again. Keanu's awesome and I'm really happy that he's having this sort of yeah. resurgence. Totally. Um. Everybody just – yeah, everybody just loves Keanu. I know. He's he's hard to not like because every story you hear of his real life – Exactly. Is just seems like the kindest, gentlest, yeah. like, nicest and guy. And he's had kind of a tragic, yeah. you know, pattern of things in his life. Right. And you just really empathize with that. And Didn't he lose a girlfriend that he was uh, – I think she died, right? Yeah, I think Early it was on? a car accident. Yeah. And Ugh. their child maybe. She was pregnant. Oh, good Lord. Something like that. It was a whole thing. And then like his sister had cancer. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's a lot to hit someone with. Yeah. I think but, people – I think humans um, – I don't know. We all go through that stuff and when you hear about – you're looking for connections. Right. Even if it's a movie star. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you hear about this some tragedy that befalls someone, it connects us all a little tighter somehow. I think so too. Yeah. It humanizes him. Yeah. And also, you know, the whole thing about him donating however much like however millions of dollars right. on the matrix yeah, to yeah. like the, to the effects crew to or the whatever. effects crew yeah. and yeah. That's just stuff awesome. like that is awesome. I just recently saw the sad Keanu meme. I'm not up on my memes. I know that's old. But, uh, it is, but it's still relevant, it's, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cute. I'm just on that bench. On the bench. There's also one where he's like sitting on the subway or something. Oh, really? And, yeah. There's. I think there's a number of them now. Yeah, I think he's just uh, – I've read interviews where he talks about being alone and like kind of solitary as a mm-hmm. person. He's like, I don't have anyone. I know. I saw something like about that. a gazillion that. people in the world are like, take me. Yeah, it, I was just going to say that. I saw something and then all of the comments are like, I'll hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be no, with you. I love you. Everyone wants to, men, women. It's, it's just all. like, okay, that's really nice, but that's also, <laughs> it, it becomes creepy. Yeah, sure. The reality is that, like, you don't know this guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want you to hang out with him. So you did settle on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I did. Which uh, was very exciting for me. Uh, from 2004, written by Charlie Kaufman, directed by the great Michelle Gondry. Yes. Um, this kind of fit, like when you said that, even what little I knew about you, I was like, all right, artist, uh, mm-hmm. artistic film. 
Yeah, it seems to kind of match, yeah. I think. And if you, um, which, you know, I'll show you later, but if you're familiar with my art, mm-hmm. a lot of thing, the things we're probably going to talk about, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this totally <laughs> this totally makes sense. Can we put some of the stuff on the Movie Crush page? Just sure. so people, Yeah, I know it makes people crazy when like, we talk about cool art and then don't yeah, show it. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We could do that. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Uh, so I just got finished watching this again. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times, okay. but I always rewatch and like literally finished like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I heard. Oh. <laughs> what like Chuck's? I went, well, I went back at, to my desk and uh, Nathan was like, "Oh, I think he's watching it right now." And I was like, "Okay, well, at least we'll both be prepared." Yeah, I had a uh, head in my little wireless earbuds, and when I went over to the to the lunch room, mm. I was just carried my laptop because mm-hmm. I couldn't stop the movie. It's that good. Like couldn't – yeah, didn't want to stop yeah, the movie. I don't blame you. I love this movie. It's so fucking great and just so sad and sweet. 
and romantic. It is. Uh, and just opens up. I love films that open up a whole sort of door uh, into questions of yourself. Exactly. That's exactly what I love about it, too. Like, I mean, the very last question after I stopped is like, it's like, what would you do? What yeah. would you, What would you do? Yeah. And we'll get there. We will get there. I'll just tease that out. Okay. But um, I did do a little bit of research. Uh, a lot of practical effects, obviously. Yeah, that's kind of his CG. thing. Yeah. Uh, Michel Gondry, that's something I really love about him. Totally. And I actually was a little bit stuck on whether I wanted to do this movie mm-hmm. or The Science of Sleep, which was also... I never saw that. Oh, dude, it's so good. Is it good? And this it's, that was right after really this one? It's really good. Uh, I want to say a few years later. Okay. It must have been maybe even almost a decade. Well, I could be. Let's not quote me on that. Uh, that's all right. I don't know. It was after. But that movie had a lot more of the practical effects. Uh-huh. And also he does a lot of like stop motion uh-huh. and like weird prop things. Yeah. I remember the trailer. In his movies. Yeah. And so that aspect of it was really, really fun. Yeah. And who's the I think the you guy, would like that one. Um, uh, who's the lead in that? The dude? Uh, what is his name? That got a crush on the guy. Yeah, me too. Everyone does. Everyone does. He's amazing. And now we both My can't remember his name. Uh, G- G- Garcia uh, Bernal? Bernal. Right. Yeah. But that that's like his G- middle and Gale. last name. Yeah, that's it. Okay. We yeah, got there. Great. We got there. Um, I, need, I need to see that for sure. I don't know why I didn't. I think you'd enjoy it. You know, my first – I want to say my first exposure to Michel Gondry's work was – must have been – the uh, White Stripes. Which one did the he The Lego video. Oh, He's done okay. a few videos for them, but yeah. specifically the Lego video, which uh-huh. was, um, yeah, Fell in Love with a Girl. Oh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. Which was, I want to say, like two years before Eternal Sunshine came out. Uh-huh. But um, So is that his deal? Is he a music video guy? He's done a lot of them. Uh-huh. He's done a lot of them. He's done a lot of videos for uh, Bjork. Oh, great. I don't know if he still, you know, if he still does, uh-huh. but he's done a bunch for her. Uh, he's done a couple for the Chemical Brothers. Uh-huh. There's this one in particular that I really enjoy for the song um, Star Guitar. And also, I, I think he also did Let Forever Be, which was kind of prop-based. Mm-hmm. But you see this, like... All these camera tricks. Yeah. You know, that's his thing. Like camera tricks, practical effects, yeah. props, uh, stop motion. Right. Force perspective. Force perspective. All of those kind of like really neat things. Yeah. That it's just. It's uh, old school. It's old school. You know, you have kind of a more visceral reaction almost. Yeah. You yeah. Know, seeing this like the physical things that they're doing as opposed totally. to just doing everything in post, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but right. it gives it such a distinct feel, which I just love. Yeah, and there's something um, – there's a very playful spirit in his work, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, sort of childlike at times. Very like DIY. Yeah. Which I think is great. And I love that combination of sort of telling these really serious stories mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Paired with that. You know, yeah. you get this uh, really neat balance, I think. Yeah, I really loved Be Kind, Rewind. Me too. And I haven't seen it in a long time, and I kind of forgot about it until I was kind of looking up his work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I need to see that again. Oh, that's such a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black and Mo Staff. Yeah, Mo Yeah, Steph. what a pair He's in such that. such a good actor. And uh, I want him to be in, like, every movie. Also, uh, Glover, Danny Glover. Oh, was he in it? I believe so. Oh. And I think he had... I could so was be, he, he was I could just a wrong. kid. No, Danny Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Not Donald Glover. Oh. 
I was like, wait, hold on. Am I wrong? Yeah. Donald Glover from ATL, not him. Danny yes. Glover. Danny Glover of man. Lethal Weapon right. fame. <laughs> He's too old for this shit. They're not related, are they? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think they are. Um, so obviously a lot of practical effects. They apparently um, – he, he so like has just flights of fancy on set – that their rehearsals and their blocking and staging of the of the actual scenes is mm-hmm. kind of goes out the door, which is very frustrating for a DP. Oh, I'm sure. And so they <laughs> said that they had two handheld cameras shoot virtually 360 degrees of every single scene, and That's were sh- amazing. Yeah, they were shooting like 36,000 feet of film a day on this. Wow! Just to make sure they covered. Every time Michelle Gondry would just like get an idea yeah. and change things up yeah. on the day. I also read something about, um, you know, he's giving them a lot of direction to be able to be spontaneous. Right. And I read something about how Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey sort of, you know, on different takes, they mm-hmm. would maybe move around different ways in the room that they were in. It's so like, frustrating for a yeah, filmmaker. <laughs> exactly. But you get this sort of like really natural, yeah. you know, natural um, totally. interaction and. You know, They're what would so my good character – oh, dude, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, you know, especially like Jim Car- – well, I feel like both of them, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, are sort of playing against mm-hmm. the, the character, the type of characters yeah. you're used to seeing from them. For sure. And they both did such a beautiful job. Yeah, this is my favorite kind of Jim Carrey. Me too. When he really gets to dig into something uh, with pathos. Yeah. And, I mean, I love, you know, I love all this silly stuff as well. Sure. But, like, when he really gets to dig into something like this, because uh, I think he's kind of a sad guy I in saw real something life. recently about how he's begun painting. Yeah, yeah. Over the last, I don't know, must be over the last couple of years. Yeah. But, yeah, even seeing like him crazy in, in that. Yeah, like producing tons of work, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of incredible. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, you know, him talking during that segment that I saw kind uh-huh. of speaks to what you're saying. Like yeah. maybe a little bit of a sad guy and, you know, as they say, like a lot of times comedians. Sure. Sad clown. Yeah. The sad clown. You know, they're feeling something that they want to kind of push against yeah. and give something to the world that's the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, he's so good in this. And Kate Winslet, she got nominated for an Academy Award. It won the Oscar for screenplay, which I, didn't, I did not remember that. Mm. But um, she's so great, and I just love Kate Winslet. And Clementine is, like, so a person I would have been attracted to, <laughs> like, when I was younger. Yeah, I could see that. Just sort of this hot mess that's, like— Sure. It's kind of the wild pixie dream girl sort like, of. trope, but she's a little— past the typical age for that. and Yeah, and she also makes a point. There's like two or three times in the movie where she says that same thing, where she's like, I'm not a concept. I'm not here to like make your life exciting. Right. And I'm like, I'm really glad that was in there because yeah. it could have fallen into that Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, I think. Oh, I agree completely. I think, um, yeah, they took it in another direction, but yeah. she was just also so real and unapologetic about who she is yeah. and kind of owns her bullshit, you uh-huh. know, which for me is like, relatable yeah. and inspiring in a way because it's like we all we all have our shit yeah you know you gotta one like there's a self-awareness i think mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't have right so you know you can be a little crazy at least you realize yeah you realize that you are and you can kind of navigate through that and not yeah. have it just you know fuck people up and especially when you get going in a relationship like that sort of choice you have early on whether or not to 
lie about who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and, can be the instinct. Yeah, and not only to another person, but just sort of lying to yourself. To yourself, yeah. And she's just so frank about who she is, saying, I'm not a concept, I'm high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like, don't use me to like... To fill some kind of a void yeah, in your life. Because yeah. you're boring. Mm-hmm. And that, oh God, that's Like, I'm not here to on. complete you. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a concept. I love that. Which also, you know, I think about Elijah's Wood. Elijah's Wood. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the kind of movie we're talking about. Uh, Elijah Wood's character, Patrick, in this movie. What a creep. Oh, one of my notes literally (laughs) says creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he he fell in love with, quote unquote, fell in love with the idea of Clementine, uh-huh. you know, yep. obviously he had never even spoken to her before he decided he wanted to pursue her, which is stole her underwear. That first shit of all. crazy. Yeah, but you know, it's it's like the thing that she said she doesn't want is exactly what he's uh-huh. embodying. Yeah, and yeah. I love that they sort of incorporated that and yeah. showed that other side of it. You know, yeah, the the subplots in this film really um, enrich it because. You've got this great main story and this great idea, which uh, the guy who's named Pierre, can't remember his last name, but the guy who had the original seed of the idea with Michel Gondry, mm-hmm. which was uh, he was talking to someone at a party who had gone through a breakup, and they're like, "I wish I could just erase the whole thing." Yeah, and like, what a great idea! I was mad I didn't think yes. of it first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that they show all the complications that come with that too. Well, though, exactly. You know? That's kind of the That's point. The is like. In theory, it's such a good idea, right? But the reality of that is just so layered and yeah. terrible, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember specifically, there's a scene. Um, I think I made a note of this actually. The Huckleberry Hound thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they meet on the train. Yes. Which is actually the second time they meet. Yeah. And she, you know, she says the whole thing like Clementine, don't make fun of my name. Right. And Joel says. I don't know any jokes about your name. She's yeah. like, Huckleberry Hound. And he goes, I don't know what that is. But later in the movie, they show when they actually met for the first time at the beach. Yeah, he sings it, right? She says the same thing. He sings the song uh-huh. and makes a point to tell her that his Huckleberry Hound doll was like his favorite thing when, right. when he was a child. Yeah. And so you kind of look at that and you say, okay, well, even when memories aren't linked mm-hmm. through time – all of these connections are still being made. You can't yeah. erase one thing without losing another part of yourself. Right. You know, which I think is really the whole point. Yeah. It's sort of that back to the future conundrum. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a movie uh, that I think bears watching at least twice. Absolutely. Because the first time you see it, I remember the first time I saw it, it was uh, – I didn't fully get the timelines. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, seen it subsequently over the years and then today it's, you know – uh, just such a creative approach that first meet cute on the sub on the on the train mm-hmm. um, was was the second time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when he says earlier, you know, that we met at a beach party, I remember the first time I was like, well, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like they didn't meet at a beach party. Yeah. It's one of those things where you certainly have to watch it a few times yeah. to kind of piece things together. And then you start to notice different things that were incorporated to sort of help Yes. Guide the timeline. The hair color, for Excuse one, me, for the sure. The hair color was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So I feel um, the only time it's the real, real life Clementine that's uh-huh. not a, a depiction of her and his memories. Yeah. It's the blue hair. Right. Which going back to the Patrick thing, 
Patrick, you know, steals Joel's yeah. – tries to steal Joel's identity in a sense. Like, she has the blue hair during those scenes, right? She has the blue hair during those mm-hmm. scenes. But he's calling her Tangerine because he saw it in a note oh, that Joel right. wrote to Clementine. So he's calling her this name that is based on a different hair color that he's actually never seen her with. Yeah, that's right. Which for me ties into the creep – obviously yeah, ties yeah. into the creepy factor. But it's like – he doesn't even know why he's calling her that. He just, right. he just knows that Joel called her that. Yeah, he's, he's just, cheating the system. Yeah. It's um, really crazy. And, you know, you had that first uh, – I didn't really – I don't remember it being that long, but it's the first like 17 minutes of the film is that great setup. Before the credits Before roll. Before the credits roll, yeah. which is a really With long that, time. The back song. Oh, God. It's so great. That just like gut-wrenching. Yeah. Like, Though, I mean, it's so, I love Beck so and my good. two favorites are – the two saddest, you know, mm-hmm, sea change and uh, the other one. I love that though. I think that's part of why I love this movie too. I'm I'm drawn to things that give me an emotional response, mm-hmm. sort of in a more sad way. I think. Um, yeah, I get that. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it feels good in a way mm-hmm. to feel sad in a way. I know, and man. Tap into that. And yeah. This absolutely does that for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a happy person generally, but when I feel sad, I want to just wallow in it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I don't want to be cheered up. I want to feel sad as shit and listen to the Smiths. Right. You Um, have to allow yourself to sort of, you know, just get through that, I think, instead of pushing it away. Yeah. You got to embrace it. It's just part of, it's part of our experience. I think people in our parents' generation did so much squashing of emotion mm-hmm. and burying of emotion. All of that repression. Yeah. yeah. And it was just so fucked up. And we're trying so hard with my daughter and, you know, every, you know, everyone is doing this now. It's not like I'm some genius parent. <laughs> but just to, you know, all the emotions are great. You got to feel them all. Yeah. And um, it's okay if you're mad and frustrated or sad or jealous or scared. Right. It's, uh, it's uh, learning how to process the emotions, yeah. I think, is the most important thing, which... I definitely didn't learn I didn't until learn I was a lot older. <laughs> I'm sure there were parents yeah. out there doing that. But by and large, I feel there was just a lot of, especially for me growing up in the South, a lot of just sweeping things under the rug. Oh, totally, yeah. Like you don't deal with that kind of thing like in public. Yeah, which obviously causes way more problems down the road. Way more problems, Pam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get into all that. We don't have to get into that. Uh, but so the first 17 minutes in the credits roll and then that's when things – uh, that's when you get your first hint when Elijah Wood comes up and knocks on his window. Mm, that's it's right. like, can I help you? Mm-hmm. That you're like, what is going on and here? And Joel is just really confused. Yeah. yeah. And that's when it's, you know, the movie alternately is like a romance and a love story and then feels like uh, a thriller almost at times, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, I think so too. It's, um, it's hard as a director, I think, to balance those tones. Absolutely. But he... I don't know. He pulled it off because it gets like legit sort of uh, tense. Oh yeah, at times it when does. they feel like they're sort of on the run when as they're, yeah. things are crumbling around when them. They're on and, the lamb. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the lamb from their own like uh, uh, memory wipers. Yeah, it's really interesting too. I think about the fact that you know at the end when well at the, yeah at the end when the house the beach house is yeah. crumbling and he says we never even got a goodbye right. And she's like, well, maybe we can make one up. Yeah. And then she says, meet me in Montauk. Right. And it's like, obviously, she didn't tell him to do that, but that's how they ended up meeting for the second time. Yeah. 
which to me says, you yeah, because that puts him on the train. Yeah, exactly. Which he goes somewhere else for work. Right. And last last second, beginning yeah, yeah. of the film, he ditches work uh-huh. to go. He doesn't know why he's doing that. Yeah. You know, he's not consciously aware of it, but his mind. You know, he knows Clementine so well that. Yeah. He sort of figured out where she might be and figured out a way for them to meet again, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's such a – it's such a story idea that I'm drawn to, I think, is this kind of goofy romantic idea of uh, it doesn't matter which door you would have walked through that you're destined to be with like a person. Right. Well, see, I have a couple takes on that idea. All right. I feel like, you know, there's a perspective where you can say, oh, well, they're they're just destined to be together. Right. You know, which is more on the positive side. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just meant to love each other. But it's also, like, this idea that, you know, I actually read that um, in the original screenplay, it shows – so, okay – so it says in the original screenplay that it begins with an old woman who is later revealed to be the Mary character, uh, Kirsten Dunst character, okay. you know, who works for Lacuna. Uh-huh. And that— It's her older? Yeah. Okay. So it's like her older and she's publishing a manuscript called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, oh. which is implied to be a tell-all about the happenings with Lacuna. Right. And uh, at the end of that screenplay, so they have told me— um, we discover that she's still working for Howard, who would be, like, extremely old at this point, which, you know, we'll talk about the suspension of disbelief, (laughs) the different layers in this movie, but we'll just say, okay, he can be just old as dirt. Sure. (laughs) But um, they basically show that Clementine has had Joel erased from her memory, like, 15 times over the years. So it's kind of this idea of, like, you can say they're destined, or you can say maybe they're doomed. Right. If it falls apart every time, if yeah. they get to this point, like, which I mean, the nature of love is that you get to know people, uh-huh. you get past that first stage, yep. you know, and then you get to know all of the things that maybe you don't like about them. Mm-hmm. You can either get past that or you can't. Right. And they seem to be unable to. Yeah. You know, which is. Really tragic in a way, but if, yeah. if you look at it from a perspective of like, let's just say that new love is the best love, mm-hmm. you know, just arguably, which obviously there's like a longevity and companionship yeah. that people develop and that, you know, but the idea of new love being the best love. Yeah. So in that sense, it's kind of like, well, they get to just keep experiencing yeah. the best part of falling in love. Yeah. Over and over again, even if it turns to shit every right. single time. Yeah. You know, maybe there is a value in that. I don't know. Yeah. But that's a that's <laughs> one of the metaphysical questions yeah. of this film because it does sort of put you in that place where you remember the the first loves mm-hmm. and those first few weeks and months before the cracks start showing. Right. And it is great. That's the best. And some people um, I think people that have a hard time being in a monogamous relationship for life are often chasing that mm-hmm. that newness. Yeah, um, totally. but it always goes away, and you have to. You, you're either capable of finding uh, the richness of longevity, or or you aren't. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could learn it, but um, I think it's just an experience thing. Yeah. You know, and also just kind of figuring out that. You know, there there is a value to pushing through that stuff. Yeah. But also for me, it's like 
just because something isn't made to last doesn't make it any less valuable either. So That's true. The idea of it, it fell apart and things hurt, so I want to erase this person is right. kind of like, well, what are you learning from that? Yeah. You know, I've had my own experiences. Like, the interesting thing for me about this movie is, you know, it's been with me for a long time now, uh-huh. almost half my life. Yeah. And I've always loved it, but over the years, my appreciation for it has sort of changed. Yeah. Like. I was married for a little while and, oh, yeah? you know, I, I asked these questions of yeah. myself is like, well, just because it didn't last right. doesn't mean that it wasn't still one of the best things uh-huh. that I've experienced in my life. And all of the things that I learned from that yeah. make me able to be better moving forward. And every yep. relationship I've had since then, I've taken all of these things that I've learned mm-hmm. And can be a better version of myself and know what to look for in someone else. And, yeah. you know, if I had just erased this person, yeah, you know, you're moving backwards in a way. Yeah, you totally are. I mean, that is not therapy to erase someone from your mind, I right. think. And, and then, it, like, in the waiting room when you see some of these the people. The lady with the dog oh, stuff. My God. It's so heartbreaking. Oh, God. I think about her every time I think about this movie. It's brutal. She's just, it's brutal. And I've gone through some... We all have if yeah, you're a pet owner. It's it's course. the worst thing. But you would never – I mean that's the big question is like – That's so sad though. Do you want to forget, forget the stuff? Is you it know? easier to not know that love ever happened than to live with that pain? Right. Well, it's also like how much of your life are you cutting out? Well, yeah. Like you're just losing – Where does where do you draw the line? Yeah. You're just losing your life at that point. Yeah. You know, like there's a point in the film where – Joel looks at his journal and he had ripped all the pages out that had mm-hmm. anything to do with Clementine. It's right. part of the process. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he says something like, oh, this is my first journal entry in two years. Like, yeah. nothing happens in my life. I must be so boring. And uh-huh. it's kind of like, how would that – like, I think that would feel worse to just yeah. be like, oh, I just don't have anything going. Yeah. I don't have any, like, history the past two years. I don't even remember the past two years. Yeah. It's so depressing in a different way. He's such a sad sack, um, and he and Clementine are so different, and they're a terrible match. Oh, they're awful. You know, <laughs> which is kind of the funny thing. They are, Like, yeah. you want them to be together yeah. as a viewer, I think, but why, you know? Yeah. It's hard, you know? And you, you see the good things that they had between them. That's what's so hard about which, this movie, I think, is yeah. you see that great— Beginning before it turns very toxic, which yeah. it turns very toxic. I know it's them. those scenes are so hard to watch, it's really difficult, you know, because I think everyone's been through those relationships. So, this movie is just a total like mirror upon the audience, it really is for yeah. you to remember, like, oh man, the, the first, first moments are so aren't they the best? Right. They're the best, and then it just goes bad. Well, that's the interesting <laughs> thing, too, is like Clementine's tendency for impulsiveness, uh huh, you know, it's like. If Joel – well, okay, so I want to say there's a point in the movie where Clementine is criticizing Joel for not opening up to her. She's like, you don't tell me anything. This is what intimacy is, like sharing things with each other. And he's like, well, I just don't have that much – there's just not that much to know. Yeah. And she's like, that's bullshit. You know, you just – you're afraid. Like you're putting a wall up between us essentially. But looking at – what happens later where he's sort of running through his own memories, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's like, he needs to take her to a place where nobody will find them. Right. 
And he starts showing her, like, some of what he feels are the worst things about him. Yeah. Like, when he was a kid and yeah. he smashed the bird with a hammer. And uh-huh. The really awkward, like, masturbating, yeah. you know, when his mom walks in, uh-huh. you know, as a teenager. And all it's that like, stuff is so great. All that stuff, for me, also shows, like, maybe there's a potential that he wants he wants to break through that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, maybe if they did try again, he would be able to open up a little more. Yeah. I think he wants to. Uh-huh. You know, he's he's always, like, scribbling in his journal. He's, like, making all these sketches, like, which in a sense is, like, a way of relating to the world and mm-hmm. sort of, like, wanting to connect. But he doesn't know how to do that directly with the person as much. Right. Um, which, But no. someone that's not interested in that wouldn't be journaling at all. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, there's something there, mm-hmm. you know. And Clementine's just so the opposite. Everything's just out there all the time. Yeah. Think, which can be overwhelming for someone like that, I think, which <laughs> yeah. is probably part of his problem. Is like, yeah, for sure. He even says something like constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating. Yeah. She gets super pissed at him. But yeah. it's like if you don't leave the other person kind of – if you don't make space for them to uh-huh. share with you – you can't just squeeze it out of them. Right. You know, and I think yeah, that... Yeah, she didn't have a lot of... He didn't have a lot of space with her. Yeah, I think that... I don't know. I just like the idea that maybe they could both learn and grow and uh-huh. maybe make it better if they tried yeah. again. Yeah, meet in the middle. Meet in the middle. And still be true At to themselves. try. Yeah. Yeah, be true to themselves. You know, just grow a little bit together. Yeah, yeah um, those scenes where uh, after you've sort of... Um, fallen in love with both of them as characters and want them to be together and just to see those toxic scenes are just brutal. Oh, it's really painful. Like the one where he says the worst part of the whole movie when he says, I assume you fuck someone. That's how you get people, people to like you. People to like you. you, yeah. And it's just like it's really a brutal. gut punch. And she just immediately is like, fuck this, I'm done. Oh, yeah. You know, which we've I like all... her reaction. She's never like, I don't know, there's, I respect something about just like, fuck you, yeah, I'm out of here. that's past my boundary. And, and she'll go cry somewhere else. Right. But not in front of him. Not in front of him that. because he's not a safe space for her anymore. Yeah. Uh, there is something that happens, though, in that scene where she's she's running around his apartment uh-huh. just collecting things in her bag. Yeah, yeah. And she grabs a whole can of Pringles and, like, shoves it in her bag. <laughs> I didn't notice which that. Which <laughs> I've seen the movie so many times. Uh-huh. And the last time I rewatched it last week preparing for this, uh-huh. um, I had that moment where I was like, wait, did she just <laughs> did she just grab a Pringles can and shove it in her bag? And I, I did the rewind and I'm like, that is exactly what it's she just did, moment. which yeah. I would imagine was uh-huh. just like happened to be a thing that was there. And yeah. she's like, It's like these will make me feel a little bit do better. It. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Well, and all the stuff, you know, when he goes back to the childhood, that's when the movie is at its most sort of surreal or absurd um, visually and, like, just super cool to see mm-hmm. all the forced perspective and the giant furniture. And yeah, she's the, so cute in that scene where she's like, oh, my God, look at this dress. I yes. wish I could take this with me. Which, this kitchen's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that, too. You know, it, go, it goes back to what I said earlier about this is Joel's memory of yeah. who she is. And even during this really difficult time, like, he's remembering and sort of embracing these quirks about her mm-hmm. and, and her personality, the things that he probably, like, annoyed him sometimes. Yeah. But that he probably also really loved about her. Yeah. Oh, my God, this dress. Oh, this kitchen yeah. is amazing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, God, I love Kate Winslet. She's so great. 
I like seeing her play American, too, for some reason. Oh, yeah. I think she does it really well. She did a nice job. Yeah, she always does. It must have been really fun for her, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, this role? Yeah. For sure. I just feel like there was there was so much room to sort of play with it, too. And yeah. I think that shows through a lot. Um, I read something about Michelle Gondry's direction. Like, he would tell Kate, um, you know, it's a comedy, improvise, like, right. be big. And he would tell Jim, like, no, no, no. Like, we're sticking to the script. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, improv- <laughs> no improvisation. Like, you need to you be really – You got to be kind of rigid about it. And then there was a point of confusion where he's like, wait, like, they're improvising. Like, yeah. what's the deal? And he goes, no, but your character is different. Yeah. Your character is like a very rigid person. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you don't want to sort of take it out of that realm, which right. makes sense. Yeah. Well, the the supporting cast is just ridiculous in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Mark Ruffalo oh, before God, he Ruffalo was an so Avenger. <laughs> yeah. I loved him in this. Yeah. I remember. It's funny. I remember like <clears throat> the glasses he wears are like so in style now. I've even, you know, got them, the big horn rim glasses. But Oh, you do have them, yeah. I remember when it came out how weird they looked because mm-hmm. nobody wore glasses like that at that right. point. yeah. And I was like, what's he wearing so, those glasses So, like, old school, for? yeah. I love that everyone these days is, like, dressing the way that my I dad know. dressed when I was a kid. <laughs> and it's, like, fucking cool now. Yeah. Uh, but he's awesome. And Kirsten Dunst, I always love her. Oh, she was amazing. And um, even the, the small, like, uh, Jane Adams, who's a huge fan of hers, and David Cross – as That's the friends. That's right, yeah. Um, but I started to notice, like, no relationships in this movie are great. Yeah. Like, she, he and, uh, she and David Cross aren't great. There's no representation of something healthy. No. Yeah. Not she and David all. Cross are immediately at each other's throats. They're always uh, at each other's throats. Even, like, at a time where their friend is over here, yeah. like, going through a really difficult time uh-huh. and looking for support. Even though he's a little overbearing about it, I would say. Yeah. You know, looking for support, and it's still about their shit. Yep. You know, and she even said, like, the wife even says, like, don't make this about our shit. This isn't about our shit. Yeah. You know, but it's like just that one line even was like, oh, they're not good. No, it's not. not this good. isn't just a moment. Like, right? They're not good. Yeah. And then um, that's cool when you can do that with just such a little small reference. Yeah, I love that. I think it's yeah. it's a really smart way to. To tell the audience, you know, without being heavy-handed about it. Yeah. And they didn't need to be. Yeah. And then also, you know, um, Howard Mirzwiak, Dr. Mirzwiak. Yeah, Tom Wilkinson, he's And his wife, Mm -hmm. obviously. That was such a great reveal. Oh, yeah. Because she kisses him. Kirsten Dunst kisses him, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Oh, man. And then the wife shows up, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why is she there? Mm -hmm. Like, how did she know? And then Stan goes and honks the uh, horn, yeah. and she, like, hits him with her bag. She's like, thanks a lot, Stan. Yeah. Which, you know, he's just as confused. Like, he's dating Mary right. at that point, and he's yeah, super he stoked know, right? about her. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the deal with them, right? He doesn't okay. know. She asks him later, did you know? Right, that's right. Yeah, and he says, well, there was this one time mm-hmm. I saw you two talking, and I, it seemed a little weird, but I never saw you together like that after. Yeah. So I just didn't think about it. Yeah. But, you know. But, boy, when the wife pulls up and she's just, she's oh like, God. oh, I'm just a young girl who had a crush. And she's like, yeah. you poor girl. You poor thing. Oh Don't be a God. monster, Howard. Yeah. It's really, it's that was, really intense. Yeah, and you that see, was great. And you see Mary's face. Yeah. You see that, like, oh, fuck moment uh-huh. where she's like, oh, no. Yeah. Which I also like to think about the part right before that, uh-huh. uh, right before she kisses him where she's, like, reciting the poem. Right. And they have this moment 
you know, she screws up the name of the author, like uh-huh. the Alexander Pope, Pope Alexander thing. Right. And he's like, no, it's okay. Like, it's yeah. an easy mistake. She goes, you're such a sweetheart. Yeah. You know, and he, you see his face like uh-huh. in that moment, yeah. you see him go, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And that was the first, for me, was like the first indication. Yeah. It's like, is it an oh shit? oh, she's into me or is it a no shit? Like, here we go again. Right. And after having seen the movie so many times, you can see it. It's the, oh shit, it's happening again. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't expect her to be there. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. And she's stoned, which is really funny to yeah, me. Yeah, that was funny. How do I want to see the whole stoned? thing. Yeah, your eye drops didn't do shit. Right. Their little underwear dance party. It's really funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> so cute. On top of the sleeping man who they're trying to untraumatize from his bad relationship. Yeah. I, I think it, the first time I saw it, I, I thought that the subplot – took away from the story a bit, but in subsequent viewings, it really, like, it's so key. I think so, I think. too. For me, there's this idea, you know, they show it in a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. throughout the movie, this idea that you can have this procedure done, but some of these things are still going to linger. Mm-hmm. There's different examples of that, you know. It's like um, the Meet Me in Montauk thing, yeah. you know. Uh, when Patrick steals all of... Joel's things and tries to woo Clementine with his words Mm -hmm. and his gifts and all of his things. And Clementine has these moments where she's like freaking out. Oh, yeah. You know, when they're on the ice and he repeats that line, Uh like, I could just die right now. I'm so happy. And she's like, what? Yeah. Oh, we need to go right now. (laughs) Or when they're in the car and he says something about her being nice and she's like, nice? Yeah. You know, she doesn't like being called nice. Like the usage of the word nice is slightly offensive to her. I love how she goes off on him at the end too. Oh, yeah. She's just so fucking mad. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's that stuff and the repeated – love mm-hmm. between Mary and Howard. It's like it shows that no matter what, she had the procedure done. Yeah. It ended up happening anyway, which could speak to the sort of destiny feeling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me also just speaks to the fact that the procedure isn't foolproof. And, right. you know, yeah. it happened all over again. Yeah. I like the the idea of the science of this movie. Um Oh, it's so Black Mirror in a way. This yeah, movie. I like I like when movies present or shows present like this sort of crazy thing, but it's not so crazy that it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Like I could, you know, I could see someone trying to figure something like this out. Yeah, to use it to make money. To make money, yeah. I also feel like there could be more practical. You you know, maybe like PTSD kind of situations, like where it could be like really beneficial to people in a sense. You get the feeling they think they're providing a valuable service. Oh, absolutely. You know, like helping people through grief. Right. Yeah, which seems like a noble – it's a noble pursuit on some levels. Yeah, but he's also like having an affair with this young girl. Right, exactly. Wiping her memory out. Yeah, and who knows how many times that might have happened. That's my question too is like was it just the one time because – I don't think so. I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. Though, you know, she found the file and all of that, but I just wouldn't be surprised if it had happened more than once. Yeah. You know? I also like how it's never explained. Like I think other lesser directors may have tried to explain the science too much mm-hmm. uh, with some goofy setup. I appreciate that they didn't do that. Yeah, it's just sort of there. It's kind of like this is a world where this is a thing mm-hmm. because you even see the characters reacting to learning that this is a thing that could be done and right. nobody's like surprised by that. Yeah. Nobody's like, what? Like, right, right. This is totally insane. Everyone's just kind of accepting of it. Yeah. Which 
Yeah, I like it when they don't over-explain things like that. I uh-huh. think I think it's better to just accept well, it's more realistic, the world that's presented and just kind of go with it. Yeah, and especially a system that that's keeps breaking down like this one. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not perfected. No. Um, which is sort of the – because it's not perfected, that leads to the whole catalyst of Mary finding out. Right. Because that's when he comes over to try and fix what's going on. Yeah. And then that's the catalyst for her to find out what's going on. And to send these tapes and files to everybody. Mm-hmm. To I like, love that she did that. Yeah. Which, you know, might not necessarily be the best thing, but oh, God, I love that she's like, fuck this. I'm going to do it. People need to know. Yeah. People need to know that this happened. To yeah. Them, you know, which it's interesting watching Joel and Clementine after having just spent that night mm-hmm. on the ice together and having this like really wonderful time yeah. and are really – excited about having met and mm-hmm. all of this and then to immediately hear all of the things that they don't like about each other yeah, or will end brutal. up not liking about each other. Yeah, with the tapes. With the tapes. Yeah. And just... That stuff's tough. Oh, God, it's so intense. Yeah, because... Like, could he, you imagine? Oh, I know. Like, oh. you just meet someone, you're falling in love. Yes. And then you're thrown into this world where, like, here's what's going to happen to you guys yeah. in your own words. Yeah, in your own words. Yeah. Like, for real. It's not even speculation. It's like, this is all the stuff that I end up not yeah. being able to stand about you. Yeah. Which, that has got to really, like, mess with you. I know. It's <laughs> I just can't so even sad. imagine. It's well, so when sad. He's playing the tape and... Talking about, oh, and her hair color is just like. I really like your hair. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's trying to undo mm-hmm. um, what's going on. Right. Well, oh, God. You never imagine, especially at that stage. Yeah. You never imagine yourself feeling that kind of like disdain for the person. I know. You know, and it's, yeah. it's really tragic. It is. And it's hard to recover from. <laughs> it is. And that, you know, in the end, um, that again, we are all faced with that question. They are faced with the question, right. like knowing where it ends up inevitably. Like, are you still going to go through that door? Yeah, and I love that they do. It's a red pill, blue pill thing. Exactly. Um, yeah, and you want them to want to experience that again. I do want that. <laughs> I think we all do, right? I would say so. There's got to be someone who's like, no, but it turns out so like toxic. Why would they do that again? Yeah, but because things might be different. Right. You know, he even says that there's a memory where they're in the bookstore and he says, you know, if we could just if we could just have one more try at it, right. like, maybe things could be different. Yeah. Maybe we could do it again. Yeah. So I would like to believe that on some level they can retain the memories of mm-hmm. even just like hearing the tapes. It's kind of like that is fucking brutal. Yeah. To hear all of these things. But at the same time, what if you look at it as okay, I can kind of take this information Mm -hmm. within reason, not just change who you are, but, you know, see these tendencies and these patterns that I have. Even her saying at the end of the movie, like, I'm going to feel trapped and get bored of you because that's what happens with me. It's like, well, what if you take a step back and actually do the work, Mm -hmm. you know, and and look inwardly and figure out why that is and maybe try to break those patterns and have something like This is like a world without therapy. Better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is like the worst possible alternative to therapy. (laughs) Yeah. The the dinner scene uh, is so sad. There's so many just tragic scenes. Oh, it is really sad. Yeah, when they're just – and he's in his head and he's like, we've become that couple that just has nothing to say to each Mm -hmm. other. And that's like the saddest shit I see – 
in movies and in real life. In real life, yeah. Is not even um, fighting. It's like it's when the fighting stops and it's when you're just – When you're just kind of resigned to being yeah. miserable together. God. That's, and kind of internally resenting each other. Yeah. And, that's like the most painful oh, thing. It's such a bummer. To see. It is. Uh, even if you have an experience, I've never experienced that personally, but I've seen it mm-hmm. in my life and through other people. And it's just yeah. like, God, it's the worst. Oh, it is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, just thinking about, I like the way that they mixed. The good memories with mm-hmm. the bad memories. Yeah. It's not linear. They're not showing like this mm-hmm. is the chunk of time when things were great between them right. and then it fell apart. You get everything all mixed together. You get this like yeah. salad of emotions. Yeah, you know? it has a weird effect. It does. As an, as an audience it's member. It's like pulling you in both directions yeah. at the same time, which I feel is just a really kind of accurate representation on looking back on a relationship. It's like, at least for me, it's like Mm -hmm. I can look back and say, okay, I can focus on the end where everything was just kind of shitty, you know, but it never works that way. It's like I see everything all at once. It's just like the spectrum of experience with another human being. Yeah. You know, it's just so complex. Yeah, I have a tendency to look back, and I I haven't even had that many relationships. I was always – uh, usually kind of like just hanging out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then I had sporadic girlfriends throughout the years, but I was not the guy who always had to be in a relationship. Right. So I will look back on relationships and be like, oh, that was great. Like, what went wrong there? Mm-hmm. And then stop thinking about it because if I really start thinking. Then all the other shit comes out. All the other shit comes out. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, well, that's it's, what it's happened. It's like the uh, – <laughs> what do they say? Uh I'm mixing up different idioms in my mind right now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. But, you know, there's like a rose-colored glasses kind yeah. of thing in, in looking at the past. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of a line from Watchmen, honestly, uh-huh. where, you know, oh, God, what is her name? Is it the Silk Spectre? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, like the woman is like an old lady and, uh-huh. and the daughter's like, how could you, like, how could you be nice to him? Uh, in reference to the comedian who, mm-hmm. like, tried to rape her. Yeah. And she's like, you know, when you get to my age, you look back and even the grimy parts seem a lot better yeah. than everything else. Like, you look forward and the future just becomes more dim. And it's yeah. like, I think that's the trap we fall into. Yeah. Is just seeing the good parts and not remembering. Yeah. It's very important. It's like any experience in life. Like, mm-hmm. we remember the bad because we need to know know what to stay away from. Right. Know how to kind of move forward from there and yeah. not get stuck in that loop. Or just have your memory wiped. Yeah, why don't we just do that? I think we <laughs> should try it and then we can report back to everybody and <laughs> just record this whole thing over again. That sounds good. I think it's a good idea. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, there is something really specific. There's a scene uh-huh. where Joel and Clementine come across a parade. Right. And they kind of lose each other for a second, and mm-hmm. she's, like, stoked about the elephants, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. But Joel is wearing this sweater. Mm-hmm. It's like this spiral galaxy pattern sweater. Uh-huh. And if anybody in the world who is listening to this <laughs> you can, want that sweater? can tell me where to find that oh, sweater, interesting. I would really appreciate that. Wow. I would love that. Okay. So yeah. that's outer space thing. Oh, Yeah. Lots of outer space. I'm going to find that sweater for you, Pam. Oh, I would 
I would be indebted to you, <laughs> truly. You know what? The truth is it's probably in some warehouse. It's like the Ark of the Covenant. I'm sure it in is. In some uh, warehouse shop in Los Angeles. You're going to have to jump inside a, a refrigerator <laughs> to stay safe when when the nuke comes, and then you can bring me the sweater. Uh, I'm glad you that. picked this movie. This was this was a lot of fun. It's uh, I forgot. I think I forgot how deep it was, mm-hmm. and especially when we do these shows, you know, to really study it through the lens of this show. Um, there are just so many like big questions that are happening in this uh, movie that on the surface could just be sort of like a silly little romance. That's what I love about it. Yeah. I really love that. And for me, it really stays with me. Yeah. Also, like, it fucks me up every time I watch it. Yeah. I've seen it so many times <laughs> as I keep I keep telling you, but uh-huh. every single time it just, it hits me yeah. just as hard, you yeah. know? The depiction of you know, the reality of the relationship and yeah. everything just is so well done. Yeah, it's so real. It's so real. Yeah, there's something about – you don't see a lot of movies that tackle the um, bad parts of the relationship unless that's the whole point of the movie. Like right. a movie about like a marriage falling apart, which those are just the worst. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Have you seen that? Was that – yes. I think that's um, – That's the one with the guy, the revenge Goose, movie? I'm like Goosling. Yeah. No, wait. The guy, well, he's, he was in, are we thinking about the same? I don't know. Is Blue Ruin the revenge movie about the guy? No, Blue Ruin is the revenge movie. I'm thinking of Blue (laughs) Valentine. Okay. Different, yeah. I didn't see Blue Valentine. Getting things mixed up. Um, That movie's supposed to be tough. kind of all that is. Yeah. If you take, like, all the parts of Eternal Sunshine that are, like, the super bummer parts where they kind of hate each other (laughs) and make it into a movie. And that's, I want to say that one is a little bit more... Linear too, where it's like they show. I could be remembering wrong, but they uh, show where they meet and things are great, and then uh, it's just like everything turns to shit. I'm not and into that the anymore. The movie, it's too much of a bummer. I recommend not yeah. watching that one. It doesn't have the same. This one leaves you with hope. Yeah, this one leaves you with hope, and I think this one makes you ask questions more mm-hmm. and kind of look inwardly more. I feel like that one was just like a gut punch. Yeah. Of Bum outs. No thanks. Yeah, let's not. I'm too old let's for that not shit. Do that one. I need hope. Hope for the future, Pam. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, 
a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. We're going to finish with five questions. Okay. What's the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? I believe it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right. The first, the first one. Okay. That's great. First R-rated movie? Mm, in the theater? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Oh, first R-rated movie? Oh, RoboCop? Oh. I was like... Six or seven. <laughs> wow, that's this a is another specific. Very violent. I movie. remember my mom <laughs> rented RoboCop. I don't. I think she just didn't understand what it was. Right. I remember specifically my mother saying to me, "Don't tell your dad." Uh huh. That's and, always a good start. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can watch this if you promise me that you won't repeat anything that you hear in this movie. <laughs> and I want to say within the first five minutes. Yeah. There was a motherfucker, uh-huh. which I immediately <laughs> repeated because I had never heard that word before, and it sounded awesome, which it, is awesome. it still is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so my tiny mouth uh-huh. repeated the word motherfucker, <laughs> and that immediately was turned off, and then I didn't see RoboCop until I was an adult oh, after man. that. So violent. So good. Oh, God, it's so crazy. We covered that show on this. That was uh, Joe Randazzo's pick. Great mm. movie. Uh, will you walk out of a bad movie? I have. Can you remember one? Um, what was the one with all the animal? There was like Jungle Book. No, this was like years ago. Doctor Doolittle. Like Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> oh, really? I walked out of Doctor Doolittle. Oh, wow, that was a random stab. Yeah, yeah that, you, that was you got it. Though. The Eddie Murphy one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be very good. Yeah, and I, I was, I must have been like sixteen or seventeen. Way too cool for Dr. Doolittle at that like, point. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Which I thought I knew what I was getting into, and I went to see it with a friend, and I was like, no, nah, let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you're a cool California kid <laughs> in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Mo- uh, actually, this is uh, this is going to be tailored for you, Pam. So, geez, I guess since you're an artist, like besides this movie, what other movie just visual aesthetics-wise is one of your favorites? Mm. And forget how good it is or the acting, just yeah. what you're seeing on the screen. Um, live action or animation, I feel like. Either one. I really love Spirited Away, like okay. the art of Spirited Away. Yeah. I mean, I love the story and everything too, but that's one that I watch a lot 
just for the art. I've never seen it. Chuck. I need to see it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I won't do that thing that people do, but uh, no, it's, can... it's really good. And the art is is spectacular. Like, yeah. Really. It's really inspiring. Even though I don't necessarily do that type of art, mm-hmm. there's no way to watch that and not feel something about it. Awesome. Like aesthetically. Yeah. That needs, mm-hmm. That's on the list. Uh, and then finally, Movie Going 101, when you get out to the movies here in Atlanta, uh, where do you sit? What do you eat? What's your ritual? Okay. Well, I love Midtown Art Cinema. Yes. Which Great. I can walk to from work and from where I live. Oh, nice. Which is a bonus. Uh-huh. Um, but even before that was the case. I just like – I like the older style of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like the like stadium se- – I'll go to those. Yeah. But it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a movie nacho kind of girl. Oh. Yeah, I like that nasty liquid cheese, (laughs) all the pickled jalapenos. Uh There's just something, like, kind of magical about it. Yeah. And that's the only time that I eat that. Yeah, you can cheat a little bit in life. It's, oh, it's so good. I hate how good it is. Yeah, so nachos. Because it's so gross. And where do you sit? I like somewhere in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's if it's more crowded, I like to be on the side. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a introverted type. Like mm-hmm. I like to be on the edges and in the backs of rooms. Quick escape. Yeah. yeah. Quick escape. <laughs> it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, you I, know? Get, I get that. But uh, if if it's like fairly empty or not too crowded, it's kind of like middle middle and middle mm-hmm. middle row, like middle of the theater kind of thing. Well, you are an only child and the youngest and the oldest and the middle. It's true. So that all makes it's sense. It's very true. All right. Thanks, Pam. This is yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. What a great, great movie. Uh, that was, dare I say, one of the most, uh, I guess, one of the most deep philosophical conversations I've had in here, actually. And that movie sort of calls for that. And Pam was not shy about diving in with some of those Uh, some of those heavy questions about life and love and destiny and uh, can people really change and stuff like that. It's really, really kind of cool to talk about that film with her. It was a great pleasure to watch it again. It had been a long time since I've seen it, and I forgot how much I loved it and how great um, Kate Winslet was and Jim Carrey and just what a great supporting cast. Really, really one of my favorite films. And uh, we had a really good time, and um, afterward we chatted about maybe – just going ahead and making this part one of a filmmaker series and getting Pam in here again to perhaps either delve into another Michel Gondry piece or maybe uh, to start just doing some other films by artists. I know uh, Julian Schnabel and um, Tom Ford, they're all sorts of uh, um, artists making films these days and over the past like 10 or 12 years. So that might be kind of fun. Uh, let me know what you think. I'd be kind of curious to get your opinion on where we should go next. But I'm definitely going to get Pam in here again because that was a lot of fun. It was fun to get to know her better. And I'm going to post some of her art as promised on the Movie Crush page. So uh, take a look at that. I bet it's super cool. I can't wait to go check it out myself here in a minute. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, um, go out and make a movie yourself. And don't use CGI. I dare you. Movie Crush is produced, edited, and engineered by Ramsey Yunt here in our home studio at Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.